All right, guys, welcome to our breakout. We hope you enjoyed your KFC, and um, I understand if you want to go back to the lobby to have your abbots walking past that. Um, welcome to out. our breakout, Sharing Caring. Uh, my name, again, is Jason. I'm our community groups pastor at Northridge. I've been on staff at Northridge for about 10 years and been working with groups uh, all 10 years. I've been a groups coach for seven of them and the groups pastor for the last four years. Wow, he's got a long rap sheet. A Guys, I'm, I'm Michelle. <laughs> um, I have been a community group leader for three years, and I work on staff um, as an outreach coordinator. So I work with our Northridge Beyond and then with our, our global partners all around the world. All right, so in our breakout today, we want to address a tension and a challenge that I'm sure all of us feel. That's why we signed up for this breakout. Um, but it's the challenge of how do we effectively care for the people in our groups. So as group leaders, uh, we have an opportunity to invest our lives in the members of our groups. Uh, but sometimes caring for them, it can be tiring, uh, it can be overwhelming. Um, maybe you've been frustrated before with some of your group members. Um, sometimes it's, just, it's, it's outright exhausting. And even as I think about my groups uh, over the years and the different things that I've seen happen in my groups, uh, I've seen some of my group members be able to celebrate getting married. Um, I've seen some of my group marries, uh, members marry unbelievers. Uh, I've seen some people end their marriage. I've seen some people have babies and other people lose babies. I've seen some people find faith, uh, get baptized. I've seen other people walk away from their faith. I've some, seen some people find a job, other people lose a job. I've seen uh, some people uh, overcome their addictions, uh, and other people become overcome by their addictions or overdose to their addictions. Uh, some uh, people in my groups have met their spouse. Um, other people in groups are, are still looking for a spouse. Uh, some people have made great friendships in groups, and other people have walked away from the friendships in their group. And, and the list of things that have happened in my group members' lives, they could keep going on and on and on. But as a group leader, we, we, we have a front row seat uh, to the, the greatest joys in our group members' lives, as well as the greatest sorrows. And, and as we think about being a group leader, uh, we think about our, our, our DNA, our, our ABC. So... Uh, community group leaders or, or community groups have the ABCs, apply the Bible, build relationships, and care for each other. And, and when I think about those ABCs, uh, I often talk about groups, that groups on their own don't produce mature disciples. Uh, but I do believe that groups are one of the best environments to do those three, three things, to apply the Bible, build relationships, and care for each other. And I think if we didn't have community groups at Northridge, we would significantly limit our ability to, to provide care for our church. When it comes to the DNA of what makes a great group leader at Northridge, we have our six group leader essentials. One of those is to provide care. So, so why do we make such a, a big deal about uh, providing care in our church? Why do we have a whole breakout on sharing caring? And really, no matter whether you are a group member, you're a, you're a, a group leader, a staff member, a pastor on staff, or a group's coach, we all have a biblical command and a responsibility to care for the people that God has, has placed in our lives. And that's especially true for the people who are part of, of the family of God. And we see this command throughout Scripture. In fact, as we take a look at the New Testament, there's 59 one another commands in the test, New Testament to care for uh, each other. And so I just wanted to share with you uh, three of those commands. Uh, one from the author of Hebrews, he writes, uh, that we should spur one another on uh, toward love and good deeds. 
John quotes Jesus when, when Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, so we should love one another. And Paul, when he wraps up his letter to the Galatians, uh, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, he says we are to bear one another's burdens. But as a group leader, are you personally responsible to take care of each and every care need inside of your group? Because if your group is anything like mine, the people and the needs just seem to keep on coming. And I don't think that God asks just one person to do all of that caring and sharing and forgiving and loving. I mean, that is a lot on one person. That's a lot of weight. And, you know, I think that God's design for our church is so much better than that. Uh, he gives us one another to share that caring. So your goal as a community group leader is to make sure that everyone in your group is cared for, not to do it all yourself. As a leader of your group, our goal is to encourage and to facilitate your fellow group members to care for one another. Think about it as we're inviting others to be on mission with us. You're casting vision to your group about how to care for other people. And then consider it a win when somebody in your group is cared for and you are not a part of it. Hmm. Okay. There are some levels of care that we can do, that we can provide for each other, and then there's also other levels of care that go beyond what our groups can really handle. So we're going to be talking about both of those things tonight, uh, starting with sharing caring within our own groups. And I believe that this starts with relationships. So relationships tend to preempt care. Um, if my mother, let's say my mother goes to the hospital, I'm going to tell my boss, probably peace. I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to see what's going on with her. I'm going to check in and listen to the doctors and make sure that everything is okay. Um, if it's a friend of mine, I'm probably going to text in and figure out when it's allowed for me to come to visit, maybe drop by with a coffee or some food or something like that. But, you know, if it's a next-door neighbor of mine, maybe somebody down the street, I'm probably going to find out three to four months later, and I'm going to say, wow, I'm sorry that that happened. I'm so glad you're okay now because I had no idea what was <laughs> happening, right? So the closer and the more authentic your relationships are, the more we tend to feel and then to provide care. And then alternately, the more distant or formal those relationships are, the more we tend to kind of forget about it or we don't provide that care. So caring for, other is an, caring for others is a natural result of authentic community. Um, part of... Part of um, caring for others is making sure that, you know, if we don't care in here, then we're not going to provide that care out here. So in the book Side by Side, Ed Welch says, we were meant to walk side by side, an interdependent body of weak people. God is pleased to grow and change us through the help of people who have been recreated in Christ and empowered by the Spirit. This is how life in the church works. So part of creating this environment of sharing, caring, is letting other people care for you. And this sometimes requires some vulnerability on our parts. I don't, really, I don't really like that. I don't know about you, but I don't really like that sometimes. I'm not always seeking that at the time of our group when it's prayer time and it's time to share. Um, but if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to be vulnerable, this can deepen our relationships and it can create a mutuality to our relationships. Suddenly, it's not just you taking care of everybody, but it is a group of people that are a team, and you're enjoying life together, and you're fighting through life's challenges together. Uh, rather than communicating that we have it all together as group leaders, let's communicate that you're not okay, and I'm not okay, but Jesus can fix us both, and he gave us each other to do that. 
Yeah, so what does it actually look like to share caring in group? And I think there's, there's two types of care that our groups can provide. So the two types of care are reactive care and proactive care. And so I first of all want to talk about reactive care. What's that? Well, as Michelle just talked about, as you begin to get to know the people in your group, as you grow in deeper friendship with them, then we naturally begin to feel feelings of care for them. And so when there's needs or opportunities to care for our group members that arise, then our natural reaction would be to respond and care. So some of those ways that we might provide care, if, if a group member gets engaged or they get married or they have maybe their first baby, we're going to respond where we want to celebrate with them. And so in our celebration, we might provide care by maybe we do child care for them while they're in the hospital having their child. Uh, maybe we uh, put, a, put a meal train together so we can provide meals for them as they welcome their child into the world. Maybe, maybe it means you have a, a member of your group who you've noticed they've got uh, a sin issue that they're struggling with. And because you care about them, you want to have a conversation with them. So you get together for coffee with them, you talk them through that issue, and you help keep them accountable. One way that I saw my group react with care uh, this year to some of our group members, we had a couple in our group who uh, bought a home, and so we helped them move in. And I remember a couple years ago, uh, when this couple had joined my group, they were separated at the time. And God worked in their lives. He brought them back together. And so when they moved back in together, I went to help them move. And as I helped them move in together, it was this woman's parents and me. And so it ended up being a really long day of moving. Uh, <laughs> not quite what I was expecting. But over the last couple of years, they have been in our group and continue to develop relationships with the people in our group. In fact, this year they found out they were pregnant. I think about three weeks ago they just had their first child, so that was great. But in June, they bought their first home, and they moved in. And as a group, we were able to chip in and help them move on a Saturday. And I remember as we were wrapping up, helping them move that day, uh, just looking around the room and seeing this woman crying. She was so overwhelmed with the amount of people who came from our group to help them move that day. And I was crying, too. I was just, yes, more than just me and the parents. <laughs> but, yeah, it was great. You know, the, it, was, it was really only just two or three hours out of a Saturday, uh, but it meant a lot uh, to that couple. Uh, you know, there's also proactive ways that we can care for our group. So we can be structured and we can set these things up ahead of time. Um, one, one of the ways that I've done this in a past community group was through the use of prayer partners. So at the beginning of the, of the trimester, we paired people up in groups of two to three. And it was for intentional, regular prayer and occasionally getting together. Um, and so these, these partners were supposed to be caring for one another. And this turned out to be a really big win for us as a group because we had three people, Nina, Becca, and Kim, and they were all there, and they were new to the community group, um, new to community groups in general. One was new to Rochester, and all three were really looking for deep relationships. That's kind of what, what drew them to coming to community group. Um, and so instead of me trying to do workout sessions and going out to lunch and all of these different things that relationships of people's in their 20s require, um, instead of doing all of that myself and being completely overwhelmed, we, we were able to partner them together. And then I got to watch as their friendship deepened and they held each other accountable in their faith and they grew. Um, and then occasionally I would hang out with them with their little unit and enjoy what God was doing in that, in that friendship group. So that was a huge burden off of me and a really neat thing to watch happen. Um, another way that you can do this is through the use of the growth goal cards. I know Jason spoke about that today. Um, 
These are great because they're very intentional. They help to keep people accountable. And then there's, there's an end date in mind. So if things aren't going well, if people feel it's awkward or whatever, there is an end date. It's not forever. So these are available on the Northridge Leaders website if you have any interest in using those with your group. Um, these are just a few of the ways that we can share care. We are going to do some brainstorming in a little bit. So we want to hear from you more of the practical ideas um, that we can use to care for our groups, and we'll do that shortly. Um, but sometimes there are levels of group that can go levels of care in our groups that go beyond what we're able to handle, and we're going to spend some time talking about that. Um, our community groups are not designed to be a 12-step program or a support group for a specific struggle. So we would like to touch on what to do when our caring needs to go beyond what we're able to handle. Um, there are some really difficult things that the people in our groups are facing. They're facing addiction and divorce, financial issues or poverty, tragic loss, uh, mental health and suicide thoughts, self-harm thoughts, uh, infidelities, chronic illness, family disputes. Sometimes they're facing even abuse. And, you know, this list is long, but it's not comprehensive. I'm sure in your time as a community group leader, you've faced many of these different things and challenges with people in your group. Um, and I know that there's times myself when I felt like things were getting out of hand and I didn't really know how to go about helping somebody. It was, it was I was feeling in deep water. Um, so there was a time in a group when um, there was a couple who was dating and all appeared well and we were meeting at their home and then all of a sudden um, we noticed that they were moved in together and hadn't shared that. And so there's just this awkwardness and barriers of not being able to communicate about that. And when we approached them to try to talk about it, it um, it didn't go so well, <laughs> and, it, and, and it took a long time because they were a little bit evasive on that conversation. So, um, so that's an example of a time when I felt like I was in deep water and there were big things happening and I needed some help to help me address those properly. Yeah, so what do you do in situations like that where you and your group members, you don't feel like you're really capable of providing care in those situations? So which of those situations can you handle? And, and which situations do you need outside help with? And if you do have, uh, need some outside help, then who do you go to for outside help? And so I want to talk about um, the way that our church is able to provide care for the people in our church. And I think there's three levels of care that we are able to provide for at our church. And so I want to dive into level number one. Level one is simply care from our group members and our group uh, leaders. And really, on a basic level, Every one of us is a counselor. That includes our group members and our group leaders. But I think many times, many of us, we don't think of ourselves as counselors. And I think that comes from maybe a faulty idea of what counseling is. And so David Pallison, he led the Christian Counseling Educational Foundation. He's an author, counselor. He simply defined counseling as intentionally helpful conversations. That's all counseling is, David said. And in the book, The Pastor and His Counseling, the authors write, counseling in its simplest form is one person seeking to walk alongside another person who has lost his or her way. So really, as, as members and as group leaders, we are all capable, to some degree or another, of providing intentionally helpful conversations for the people in our group. And whether we realize it or not, we are regularly providing counseling for the people in our group. 
The question is just whether or not we're providing good counsel <laughs> or biblical counsel or helpful counsel. And so sometimes there's, there's situations that arise in our group that we're not really sure how we're supposed to, to handle those situations, which brings us to level of two of care, which is care from a group's coach, care from a group's coach. So whenever there's a situation uh, that happens in your group that you really don't know how to handle, then that's why we have group's coaches at church. That's why we'd hope that you would uh, give a call to them and, and help one. They could help walk through that issue with you. Maybe that means that you and your co-leaders, you're going to meet up uh, for coffee together to talk about that issue. That's what happened with Michelle uh, when she had that issue in her group. Her and her co-leaders and I, we met, through, met together to talk through that issue. Uh, sometimes that means that it's not just going to be you and your co-leaders meeting with your coach, but sometimes you might also invite in that person or that, that couple in your group who's struggling to meet with your group coach to talk through uh, what's happening as well. And the end goal here isn't that then the coach will be the counselor uh, for that person, but the end goal would be that the coach would help equip you, your group, you as a leader and the members of your group, to continue to walk alongside of that person and provide care for them. Really, uh, you as a group are a better position to care for them long-term than any of our staff or our coaches at Northridge. But then there's even levels of care that really go beyond what our group's ministry is able to provide, which brings us to our last level of care, which is our care from our counseling team. So at Northridge, we have a counseling team uh, that's equipped to provide counsel for every one of our campuses. And so as you talk with your group coach and you identify that, hey, there's some situations in group that really are going beyond what we can uh, provide as a group, then uh, you can initiate that counseling process. But maybe you're wondering, well, how does counseling uh, really work at Northridge? Maybe, had, maybe you were, didn't even realize that we had counselors at Northridge. So I want to walk through our process. You'll see it on the right side of your notes. Uh, but here's kind of how our counseling process works at Northridge. So uh, as you identify an issue, a care issue in your group that uh, goes beyond what you are able to provide, then you can uh, submit a request, whether that's just through your coach, whether you're going online through our website, through a connections card on Sunday morning, and then that's going to be funneled to our campus counseling lead. And that person then is going to send out a counseling intake form. And this is really uh, important for us. When we send that out, uh, to the person who's going to receive counseling. It helps us get a lot more information about what's happening with that person. How long has this issue been going on? Who else are they receiving counsel from? What other issues are happening in their life? And as we uh, get that more information, we can set up an initial meeting with them to talk them uh, through that issue. And after that initial meeting, we, we might either uh, have follow-up meetings with them, or maybe we don't need to keep meeting with them, but we're able to say, Here, here's some next steps that we want you to take. Uh, but all, all along that process, uh, we want your group to be involved. And so many times we actually have group members or group leaders uh, sitting in counseling meetings with the people on our team who are counseling. Uh, and maybe that's not so that you can share any advice, but you're there to provide encouragement. You're there to provide accountability and care and support for them as they go throughout that process. Now, as we said at the beginning uh, of this breakout, Providing care for your group, it can be overwhelming, it can be exhausting, but we want you to know that as a leader, you are not alone in caring for your group. And, and tonight's training, it's been all about promoting participation. This breakout is all about sharing caring, uh, sharing caring with your group members, sharing caring with your coach, and sometimes sharing caring with our counseling team. But as leaders, we can't 
and we shouldn't try to care for every single need in our groups. We need help from each other. And so one of the best ways that we can support each other in providing care for uh, our groups is to learn from one another. And so that's what we want to do with the rest of our time tonight. And so what we'd love for you to do is to group up with about three or four people around you uh, for about five minutes and answer the following question. What are some practical ways that you've been able to share caring with your group members? And you can think through the lens of reactive care and proactive care. But if you can take about five minutes with three or four people, have somebody to write these down, and then we're going to come back together and have you share your ideas with the whole group. Uh, and before we wrap up, too, we'd love to open it up for any questions. There might be things that we didn't address tonight, tensions that we didn't address, or some things that we said that have raised questions for you. So we'd love to do those two things, hear from you, uh, as well as answer any questions that you have. So go ahead and group up for about five minutes. So Michelle has a mic. So what ideas do you have that you could share with the rest of us that we can benefit from? So we'll, we'll try to share for about 10 minutes or so, and then I'll open up for uh, some questions before we wrap out and head out to ice cream. So what did you guys right, learn? What's up? Great. Rachel Ludwig, everyone. <laughs> you can just You don't talk. have to stand. You, don't you have can to sit. Stand. Whatever, whatever you're Stop comfortable with. Stop it, Jenny. You don't have to stand. Come up on stage. Hello. Okay. Um, we just talked about, we do some of the pairing things that you guys have talked about. Um, and it's nice to know that if somebody has someone they're paired with, either even just for a week or for the whole trimester, that there's someone praying for them and following up with them and... We had talked about it doesn't have to be me who someone is comfortable opening up with as long as they have somebody that they're opening up to and is praying with them. Um, we also talked about um, someone in his group had been going through something and they set up a schedule for who was going to follow up with him. Hmm. So every day throughout the week was getting touched, um, touched on by somebody different in the group. So... You know, you would only have to reach out to them once a week, but know that they're being cared for throughout the week by various people in their group, which is awesome. And then the girls have talked about um, having a group text thread where, you know, you're in the middle of something um, in life and someone sends a text and by the time you look at it, they'd been prayed for, they'd been loved on, they'd been encouraged by everyone else in the group and it didn't have to be us. And by the time we saw it, it was already, you know, they'd been cared for in that time, which is Thank you, Rachel. From front to back. So, so we had some people that joined our community group within the last year um, who didn't have cars. Um, and it got very old very quick for me and the other leader to be constantly picking them up for group, taking them home from group, picking them up for social events, picking them up for church. Um, so we were able to delegate that role um, to other individuals. But the, the beauty of that is that other people got to spend one-on-one -on -one time um, with these individuals, and they were able to dig deeper into some of the challenging circumstances. Um, you know, you hit earlier on some of the financial situations that people are in, um, or some of the more cyclical and chronic poverty that many individuals in our church are facing, and the reality is that um, many individuals coming from to some of our campuses don't have cars, um, so you get to dive into that deeper when you use your car. Hmm. That's great. Thanks, Alex. One of the tools we found very helpful in our group is we use the Uversion devotional plans. So we spend a lot of time in prayer, and we typically have 8 to 10 people, so often we'll divide that up into two prayer groups. So we really have an intimate level of what's going on, and therefore the needs come out via the prayer. 
And then during our daily devotionals, the experiences also come out, and we just have a natural partnering. So whether it's an ailing father and having to move them from one you know, apartment to assisted living, or if it's a death in the family, or if it's a loss of job, or it's a loss of car, or whatever the situation might be, you see the need right then. We pray for them right then. They have touch points daily. And then we just, who, we have been very blessed with the group that whoever has the availability that day is providing the care. And then we have just shared it across the about 12 women. So that's a U version Bible reading plan? Yes. And that's where you can take notes um, or write notes about, have, has it, have you guys used that plan? Anybody seen that? You have shared plans. If you haven't used that, it's a pretty cool feature. A great way to keep each other accountable with reading the Bible too. There's shared plans with the version Bible reading app, and then you can write notes about what you read every day. So that's cool that you guys have used that for care. In our group, um, during the break time, especially between um, November, the end of November and early January, when we start up again, us women, we, we get together and we'll pick a book in the Bible and uh, we'll read a chapter. And usually it's not the whole chapter, but maybe like six or seven verses. And then in a, in a text, we'll respond to what we read. And a lot of times we don't want to get into you know, like paragraphs of things because a lot of times <laughs> people are at work. And so we, we normally will just say one or two words about what it made us think of or how we could relate to it. And you don't have to respond. No one's, you know, um, tied to that. But um, it helps us keep in touch with each other during the off time when we're not together as a group. And it, it's, we're able to share and care on each other through, through scripture. That's great. Uh, one of the things that we talked about in our little group here is that building relationships outside of the group time is, is crucial uh, because I, one of the things that, I, that I've seen happen is somebody has a need and we don't hear about it hmm. or we don't know what's going on. So it's crucial, it's critical to build those relationships so people feel comfortable calling mm-hmm. the leader or whoever and say, hey, so-and-so fell off a ladder or something and mm-hmm. hurt himself or so-and-so has a medical issue and is in the hospital, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You have to have those close-knit relationships and doing, doing off-group things like going out for dinner, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I know from my group, um, that's something that we could do better for mm-hmm. sure. You know, it kind of reiterates Michelle's point about relationships preempting care. When we are in relationship, then we're more likely to respond or even hear about <laughs> those care needs. It's good. What we did in our group, um, during, I think it was last, last year, which was such a huge help for us, was each week we picked someone to share their story. And this was as big as they wanted, small as they wanted, but it was from the beginning to now. And we even had a woman who typed it because she didn't want to look at anybody or talk to anybody and she started like this and by the end it was down but they told their story their real story their deep story and so every Sunday there's a lot of surface you know there's snacks and there's laughing and how are the kids and how is this but when you know someone's story you know how to pray for them when they're acting a certain way when they're doing a certain you know where that comes from and that was life-changing for our group and, um, and everyone did it. You know, there's people that don't like to pray. There's people that don't like to talk. But listening to everyone's story, they got it. And it just made our group that much better. 
I want to give a shout out to the Woods and Sklenars too. If, if you were to look at their group roster, they're basically level three care, every person. So they, they've been heroes uh, at our church. And so I, I know some of you guys may have had similar experiences, but I, I definitely appreciate them. All right, any, any questions you have? Uh, so maybe tonight as we talked, there were um, things that we didn't really cover, or maybe you're still wrestling with this tension. You're like, we still have to care for these people. How do we actually do this? So um, yeah, any any questions you have or th- other thoughts? Um, so what we did, the, the groups the were... Yes, the question, the question was about the prayer partners and did, did we then just get rid of our prayer time entirely? Um, we would occasionally use the prayer time of community group for prayer partners and say, okay, find your prayer partner and just pray with them for the next half hour to facilitate that moving forward. Um, but for the most part, we kept our prayer time the same. We would all pray for each other in that time. And then when you went home, you knew the one request you had that was yours, you were responsible for, was your prayer partners, right? And so the other ones is good to know, and you could pray for those, but the one that was yours was your prayer partners. And so you were kind of committing to praying consistently for that one person, and then, and then text responding to them during the week and saying, hey, I'm praying for you about this. And so, so that was, those people were covering each other in prayer. Yeah. So we, we would still share. So like our group during group time, on, we had Monday nights. On Monday night, we'd all go around and say our prayer requests or like the one thing we were trying to grow on, and then we'd pray together. But during the week, you knew the one, the one prayer request you were taking home was that one, and the one person you were checking in with was your prayer partner. Still sharing with everyone and then, just, and then just having a responsibility. So for somebody who never really knew which one to pray for, I know some groups will do write your prayer request down on a card and then you take a random card. This is that, but just really intentional with one person so you kind of remember better to pray for them. Any other questions or tensions? So the question is basically, what do you do when you have a level three of care person in your group but they don't want any help or they don't want counseling? Uh, I mean, it's really like a, a case-by-case situation, um, but yeah, I think there's, there's only so much we can do if people don't want to respond to um, our attempts to provide care for them. There's times, though, that we have asked people to not be part of a group before. If uh, the issue that they're having is becoming divisive with the group, we'd rather um, safeguard community for the whole group uh, than sacrifice community for everyone uh, because of one person who is... Um, being difficult. Now, not every care issue is going to necessarily be divisive for the group. So I think we pray and uh, put it in God's hands. But Okay. Yeah, I mean, some of those situations, you know, you know, part of us partnering with coaches or even with the staff at Northridge is hopefully we can provide resources and help uh, equip you to think through those issues and how to handle them better. Um, you know, we're probably not going to get a master's degree um, in counseling as, as a group leader, but hopefully we can um, learn a little bit, but yeah, I mean, we're probably limited in some capacity what, to what we can do if they're not willing to receive help. Any? Yeah, no, no magic answer. I wish I did. I, um, one resource that I found really helpful, um, there's, a, there's a counseling course that Northridge offers uh, about once a year. It's Northridge Counseling and Discipleship Training Course, NCDCTC, something like that. 
Um, and, and it was just, it was so helpful because they went through how, what is the biblical perspective on marriage and parenting and anger and depression and medication and all of these different really important topics. Um, and so I thought it was helpful for me personally, but then how do I walk somebody through this if they're struggling with it? And then I have a binder with all those notes. So when something comes up, I just go back to that binder and I look through and I can see some verses that are, are related to that and how to think through approaching that with someone. Um, so that was something that was really helpful for me as a community group leader. And I would recommend every community group leader to take that and figure out how to talk about the Bible with the people in your group. Mm -hmm. It was so helpful. Yeah, you, you also yeah. see on the screen there, um, she just yeah, talked I about just... the one thing. But there's also our Equip webpage. There's a whole counseling section too. So if you have a need that arises in your group, um, obviously you can talk with your coach. But if you check out that website, there's a number of different uh, hot topics or difficult issues that you might uh, come across in your group. And so that can provide uh, just a framework to think through those issues as well. But thanks for, so much for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed your night at Regroup. We have uh, ice cream Sundays in the lobby, and so we also have some novelty items, so you can either grab a pre-made ice cream thing or put your own toppings on. But thank you so much for giving two hours and 15 minutes out of your Sunday. Have a thank great you, group everyone. here.